You are listening to the Stand with Dignity podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Assalamu alaikum and thank you for joining us for yet another informative and exciting session at the Hussein Global Digital Conference, where we are here to discover, learn, and share new approaches to promoting the message of Karbala and Imam Hussein alayhi salam. I'm your host, Hussein Sajjad Hussein, and I'm excited to host this panel titled The Art of Karbala. Now, art as we know it represents symbols and signs that evoke the heart to see, touch, and feel. And therefore, art representing Imam Hussein becomes a means to connect to the divine. With this brief introduction, I'm delighted to welcome our expert panelist and guest speaker, Fatima Agha, who is an Islamic visual artist and an art teacher who connects her passion for artistic expressions with the divine. Fatima has also exhibited her work in numerous trade shows and events since 2018. Fatima, assalamu alaikum, and thank you so much for joining us. Wa alaikum assalam. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm really honored. So Fatima, straight off the bat to begin with, what do Imam Hussein and the message of Karbala mean to you? For me, um, the message of Karbala means being larger than yourself, connecting yourself to a power greater than yourself and becoming invincible and not relenting in the face of injustice, not relenting in the face of cruelty, um, standing by our principles and uh, not thinking that just because we're less in number, that it makes any difference. I think this empowers one single human being, even if they're alone in their journey so much that just the story of Karbala and Imam Hussain can become enough for someone's entire life and their journey. Amazing. Now, when we speak about the message of Imam Hussain and, and, and how you mentioned how he's inspiring, what would you say are the latest and creative methods of promoting his message and of Karbala to others? So um, keeping in mind that our theme is art, uh, we need to understand that there's so many ways of expressing ourselves. Uh, even as human beings, uh, we're told that 95% of our communication is through our body language. So we're, we're now understanding that it's not just the word that comes out of the mouth that can be inspiring, but everything about a human being and what they do and and express in different ways can become a means of giving a message. Um, there's a hadith of the Holy Prophet that says that Tabliq has 70 ways and the last one is through the tongue. This says a lot about, you know, us exploring different ways of spreading a message. And art can therefore mean everything. It can mean uh, theater, play, it can mean visual art, it can mean digital art, it can mean um, you know, multimedia work, sculpture, so many things, um, because they're, again, different manifestations of the same essence. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you touched upon some of these contemporary forms of arts, right? Um, uh, what would you say is the position of traditional art, the ones that everybody is so familiar with, you know, the paintings and drawings? What is the position of such art in today's society? Do you think that that position is no more valuable or, or do you still think it has some power and influence in portraying a message? So I'm trained as a traditional Islamic artist um, from uh center in UK, in fact, Princess School of Traditional Arts. And over there, the whole aim is to preserve and conserve the art that stems in sacredness. 
And traditional art is based in the idea that the divine manifests itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses his beauty through his manifestations. He doesn't come uh, to us in his essence. We can never touch his essence. But the the essence of God is manifested through, uh, you know, the mountains and the flowers and the human beings and his miracles can be seen in everything. So in the Quran, he says, I have put my signs within you and in the horizons. So, you know, it's Allah's name, Al-Musabbir. He himself expresses himself through these manifestations. And being the representative of the Khalifatullah, we follow the same way of expressing our divinity, our connection to the divine. So as long as we are a combination of body and soul we will always be grounded in traditional art because traditional art takes us back home it takes us back to our soul it takes us back to god and our soul is it is the it is the breath of god the, the spirit of god that was breathed into us so traditional art painting uh, i mean i can go on and on about the whole history of how traditional and sacred art has evolved over the centuries. Um, it was always man in search of meaning, man looking for the higher power, man wanting to surrender to that divine light within herself. And that's why we see that um, art in its traditional form will always be uh, new and fresh for the hearts that seek truth. Amazing. So when we speak about Karbala, right, and we know that there are so many emotions regarding Karbala, the event of Ashura, you know, you have acts of bravery, acts of sacrifice, acts of loyalty, acts of injustice, you know, from the from the enemies, um, acts of bravery, as as I mentioned, right? How how does art play in all of these emotions? And 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 um. Why is art such a vital tool in uh, in promoting the message of Karbala? So I think that the story of Karbala is a story of love. The story of Imam Hussain not just being this one man with a family fighting for justice, but becoming a legacy that changed heart, changes hearts every year and has been having that effect on the hearts of so many millions of people over the centuries. I think that this story can only be uh, understood uh, when we go beyond the mind, because when we see these acts of bravery and sacrifice, they look humanly impossible. One of the aspects of the story of Karbala that always inspires me immensely is the point where Hur brings his army to Imam Hussain, stops him in the way, and Imam Hussain, instead of getting intimidated, instead of feeling uh, besieged in the middle of nowhere with his family and children, feeling scared for his life, he offers him water. And when he's offering this, this grand act of sacrifice, this, this massive act of you know, being humane, and he says that we will talk later, but I can see that you and your horses are thirsty, and I would like to offer you some water. This was his own very limited supply that he could have very easily said, I need to plan ahead for my family. And I need to have my reserves. But there is this tawakkul, there's this faith, there's this a yakin in, in being good and godly that the saints of God only can do that. You know, so 
these things touch your heart the a man who's mechanical who's working with logic who's going with the brain will say well this was a very illogical thing to do to give up your reserves you know as in in an army strat uh, you know in a in a in a strat strategy of war you would be like well let's take care of our reserves in fact history says that at that point if imam husain had wanted he could have killed them all because they were so feeble and thirsty they were very weak they couldn't have fought but you know there is this element of imam's groundedness in um in being on the right path doing the right thing doing the godly thing so when something touches your heart and and it has this aspect of evoking an emotion in you then words fail us you know and art i think can be and has been such a um beautiful way of expressing those emotions and feelings with the stroke of artist's paint and color you know you see those emotions being expressed which i think words won't survive suffice mm. no I, i certainly agree i mean when i when i grew up uh, the, the picture that comes to my mind the most when i look at karbala um is is the khaimaga and and when it was lit on fire um you know on on shamia gariba and you know as a child growing up you'd always question when what what is that scenery um and then when you when it is is described in words you kind of then feel the the emotion and the power um and the oppression that the ahl bayt and the women had gone through so certainly um i think um, especially from a young from a young age art is certainly very very powerful to to lay the foundation when when we're trying to promote and convey a story um let's talk about yourself a little bit um you know you are somebody who is a renowned artist um and you've displayed your um uh, your your pieces in different parts of the world what inspired you to start this journey of becoming an artist and what are the key lessons that you can share with us of what you've learned along the way so interestingly the scene of shamit gariba that you mentioned is a painting that i gifted to my mother i actually painted a depiction of that very moment where um, you know bibi sakina is left and the, the you know the khemas are empty and uh, i gifted it to my mother and yes uh, this these emotions that are evoked in us you know they uh, for the artist you know it is it is a calling within you just feel this movement within you uh, a propel, you're propelled into expressing these very heavy emotions and you feel like i need to you know let this out and you express it for me it was something like that um i was going through uh postnatal depression after my son was born i didn't know what was happening to me at the time and i started taking courses in self development and i was guided to follow my passion and what brings joy to my heart and painting has been so close to my heart but i had left it for a long time and i came back to it not knowing that it would become so big you know that's that's why we got to follow our heart so you know it was a heart connection and um, i just i just uh, painted something uh because i was listening to a very holy kalam and it evoked these emotions and i painted something and suddenly it was appreciated and more and more people wanted more work and it just propelled me into this field and since that day um you know i feel that in, in you know i feel like this art is not just something that i'm expressing 
but but uh, an energy that I can pass on to the onlooker. And that is why, you know, once I stepped into this field, I really understood why some paintings might just have one stroke on them, but they're so highly valued. It's because it's not just the physical aspect of the painting that, that touches the heart. Um, we're almost transmitting the energy of the artist and what they were feeling and how they were experiencing that moment through that work and we hand it over to, to the spectators. Amazing. And what would you say are some of the key lessons you've learned along the way? Yeah, um, I think one of the first is that um, as an artist, there are a couple of paths you can take. You know, one is that you start to realize, OK, what makes more money? Where what kind of art sells more? And if you're not very conscious, you can get caught up in that. Um, and uh, if you get caught up in that, then you kind of betray yourself you know um and as an artist you have to stay true to yourself and you have to i think in a very beautiful way be brave uh to not let these fears get in the way of whether my work will sell or not or you know things like that and you just have to be true to yourself and keep making what speaks to you so that's number one um and the other thing because because i realized that for so long i was making art uh, but it was just a honing of my skills. And I would just copy masters, you know, who, who had done great pieces of work and I would copy their work or I would try to make what I would see is selling in the market just to hone my skills. Um, not, none of that would ever sell. I never felt the confidence. Uh, but But when it was just completely from my heart, something original, like my music just came out and then it just touched hearts and then I didn't know what, what it held in it. So as an artist, we have to be original. We have to stay authentic. These are the names of God, you know, God is truth. God is Ahad, he's one, he's unique. So we emulate God's character, you know, as a Masab, as an artist, we have to stay yeah. true to ourselves. The other lesson is that, um, I did not go through the normal fine art college degree in art, fine art. Um, and perhaps I'm really grateful to God that it didn't work out for me because I'm very grounded in spirituality when it comes to expressing my work. Um, and there's a, there's a shyness. There's almost an apologetic uh, attitude towards uh, talking about divinity in art schools. You know, they want to keep it as secular as possible. And a lot of the direction of artwork uh, goes into uh, being a medium of talking about what is going wrong in the world and we want to bring attention to it. So a lot of the art becomes very disturbing and it brings a lot of uh, anguish and uh, you know disturbance and restlessness. And that has its, its function. Uh, art has to evoke an emotion so that we can move into a direction of making the world a better place. But then as an artist, you have that choice. Would you like to create that kind of art or you want to create an art that can bring peace to people? And I kind of chose the latter. For me, uh, I would like that wherever my peace work goes, every morning I hear my friends, the people who've taken my art, they'll say, I put it above my bed. Every morning I wake up, I see it and I feel a sense of serenity and peace and it gives a good start to my day. So for me, my art is like zikr. 
you know, mm. it's a remembrance of God. And in fact, my solo show was called Zikr because, um, you know, I believe that Zikr is the remembrance of your beloved, uh, which happens inevitably because you're in love with your beloved and you can't, you can't forget remembering the one you love. So, um, you know, for me, that is what I learned, that my art, I, I have chosen this path that I wanted to be a remembrance of the beloved. Incredible. What are the challenges um, that you encounter, especially when it comes to Karbala? You know, as we mentioned earlier, there are many emotions that come out of Karbala and, and the history of what, of, of what took place. Um, what are the challenges as an artist uh, do you face? So, for example, I know, for instance, the more traditional people would say we should avoid showing the faces of the Ahlul Bayt and the holy personalities, right? How do you overcome these, uh, I guess, uh, feedback from people uh, and, and what the community expects of you and, and what art should be? You know, So you have one vision in mind and then at the same time you have the community uh, and, and what they would expect of you. Right. Brilliant question. Okay, so uh, first of all, uh, you know, the Holy Prophet says, um, So when the Holy Prophet is saying that, he means to say that whatever act we're doing, our intention has to be in the right place. Uh, an artist who's coming with a sense of reverence and deep sacredness and respect for, for the Holy you know, tragedy of Karbala and wants to use uh, his skills to share that story with the world. Of course, they don't have any uh, mal intentions, you know, associated with it or any kind of, uh, you know, uh, those things. But keeping in mind that this is a sacred art and we want to be respectful. When there's a will, there's a way, right? So uh, as an artist today, especially, we have so many means of overcoming these challenges. Uh, we, we, I mean, even do, even though I work hands-on and I work with paint and brushes and canvas, um, I do uh, create sketches um, in a digital form first. And then, uh, you know, sometimes I take help of these modern uh, equipments on my iPad with my pencil, you know, I will work around it in a way so that, you know, you don't have to directly show the face, you can show, you know, the hindsight, you can uh, blur out the face with a piece of cloth or wind or something like that. The idea is that an artist's uh, skill is uh, going to speak uh, through these challenges and restrictions. Uh, one of the paintings I did, which has been one of my favorite works recently, was on the Holy Prophet. And as part of the zikr, I had incorporated holy personalities in my work. Now, holy prophet becomes a very, very controversial issue when it comes to, you know, his representation and art. So I just uh, created a flying horse with a green cape. And uh, green is the color of uh, prophet's dome. And green is the color of the heart. Uh, you know, we, we study the, the yogic, you know, we know that heart is the, the heart chakra is green. Um, so the Holy Prophet was a man of the heart. He was rahmatullahi So uh, what I just did is that, you know, the, the flying horse was the representation of his ascension, the barak going on Merat, and the green cape was a representation of his presence, you know. And the message was very clear. We, we use these symbols and signs to give a message. And that is the most profound aspect of art. And I'm so glad that you you got our conversation to come this way. 
um, if if you have the next question ready, that's okay. But I would like to share a little bit insight into the idea of signs and symbols, if that's okay. Um, you're muted. You're muted. <laughs> Challenges right. of, of modern technology. I was yeah. saying, no, by all means, please do go ahead. We do we want to get into your mind um and, and see exactly how it is that you convey your message and, and what your thought process is. Because like I said, you know, um, we do have expectations from the community, right? Often they will look at an art piece, many of them will like it, but then you have those influences within the mosque and, and our centers yeah. so, no, this is too much. We can't yeah. convey this message. You know, this is this is this this didn't happen, for example, right? Um, maybe maybe Sakina's earrings were not stashed in, in, in this manner, or, or, or yeah. perhaps one of the shaheed wasn't trampled upon like this, you know. So you yeah. have the naysayers, and to combat their feedback is it must be challenging. So please do go ahead and, and, and express yourself. Right. So just uh, before I go to the, the next idea on the signs and symbols, what you said about the authenticity of history. Um, again, it will be a part that the artist will choose because it gives you that freedom of expression as an artist, just like the poets did. So if you uh, if we read the poetry of Miranis, uh, you know, we see that there was there was a lot of exaggeration. There was a lot of additions, uh, which later on somehow got uh, added into historical accounts from the members, which is. Uh, which is another conversation for another time, um, you know, how to decipher the authenticity of these events. However, as an artist, you want to evoke an emotion. And as long as you can give that disclaimer that this is my depiction or it is in my opinion, you can, I think, uh, you know, move a little bit uh, ahead of, of, you know, yourself or the current status quo and, and you know, step out of that little uh, very restricted boundary and say, as an artist, you can exercise that freedom of expression to be poetic in your expression, you know, because an artist is uh, a dreamer. An artist is somebody who daydreams. An artist is somebody who can imagine things and conjure things, but not with the bad, with the, with a bad intention, but an intention to highlight something, enhance something, make it even better and more evocative for the, for the onlooker. So I think uh, as an artist, we do enjoy that freedom to some extent because we're not giving a historical account. We are just depicting what we feel. So if we are painting the heart of Imam Hussain and we paint a, a chest and, you know, the chest is open and we see a galaxy inside it, you know, then um, it is, uh, sorry. So sorry about that. That's no, okay. Okay. Um. So, uh, don't know how to switch off the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi calls. Um. Yeah. So, just coming back to to this discussion about the depiction, I think an artist can uh, play a little bit with the boundaries and and. Uh, I, I liked where you are uh, giving the example of Mahmoud Hussain's chest and the galaxy. I was actually very drawn into that that that, that artistic expression. Right. Um, so yeah. So if an artist is going to paint uh, the chest of a mom and and you know depict a whole galaxy inside it, um, you know this is the artist's way of saying that he was an expansive soul, you know, made of stardust. Um, you know what is above, so below. You know the whole universe is encompassed within us, and it just 
gives you these goosebumps when you see this imagery. I mean, and it just makes you feel like, I want to be like that. You know, I'm inspired. I want to hold the whole universe in my heart and be generous and be giving. So you see, of course, actually, we don't see that galaxy. We don't see that universe, but it's a symbol. Uh, it, it's a way of expression that that is so profound, which is far more than what the words can do. So um, coming to my very favorite, uh, you know, topic of signs and symbols, uh, there's a beautiful book called uh, Symbols and Archetypes. And it's a book uh, by Martin Lings, and uh, he's a mystic uh, philosopher. He's a convert to Islam. And he says that if we understood that this life in this world of manifestation, uh, this Zahiri dunya, is actually just a symbol. That is, it's a, it's a coded reality. It's a language of God that needs to be decrypted. We would understand the purpose of life. And what he says is that there's a verse in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa says that I send everything in a due measure. And that means that Everything we see here is just a symbol, like a signpost pointing to a higher reality, which is in higher realms. Uh, a very small example, mystics say that, um, you know, people who study in Irfan, who are on the path and who have the knowledge of the presence, they say that water is just uh, a symbol of um, knowledge. So when we look at water uh, in the higher realm, knowledge is represented through water. And what we understand through that is that there are higher meanings, higher realities, higher forms of knowledge that are, that are encapsulated within, within something which looks very simple. And, but it is far more than what meets the eye. And this is the advantage an artist has that just through a painting of, of the galaxy, the artist can uh, express a far higher meaning, you know, in just that image. And we know that, you know, um, the eyes, you know, the visual impact today in today's world is very, very effective. You know, uh, we actually, uh, there's a whole science on the subliminal messages that the eyes receive. So the the visual uh, aspect of gaining knowledge, this way of sensory uh, input of information is so effective uh, that it can really have a lasting effect uh, on our hearts and minds. So um, for me, therefore, art just becomes uh, a way of the sunnah of God, you know, because God has put his deep realities into symbols and signs. And as an artist, when I put something on the canvas, those are also symbols that are talking of something much bigger and greater. Mm. And in that, in that way, you know, um, the saga of Karbala, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a way of giving a message which is far more touching than just saying, be just, be kind. You know, instead of just saying a sermon of saying, you know what, stand against injustice. It's a very simple you know, boring sentence. But when it takes the form of a real life, true story example, it it becomes something far greater than just a sentence, which is a sermon. And so they say that, um, uh, you know, I was watching this movie called Finding Joe. 
and uh, it's based on the work of a philosopher, Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell said that stories and myths have this powerful impact on human psyche, which a normal conversation doesn't have. So, um, you know, the story of Karbala, therefore, is such a powerful story. And when it meets the medium of art, it just goes beyond, you know, our expectations of what a message can look like. And it becomes this explosive, you know, uh, depiction of something uh, far beyond our imagination. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I totally agree. Um, I think uh, traditional art is very raw um, and, um, uh, and and the passion that, that is evoked when viewing a piece that, that relates to you or that touches your, 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 your heart, it can bring about a lot of change within yourself as well. I mean, just when you're talking about Imam Hussein's chest and the galaxy within the chest, I was tearing up inside of me because just hearing you describe that uh, without, without even seeing it, right, um, brings about a, a sense of emotion within yourself. So thank you for sharing uh, that that beautiful process. When we look at digital art, you know, we spoke about NFTs. We know, we know that these modes exist today. Um, you have 3D renderings, animations. And I, I feel like, you know, each one of these mediums is competing with the other. Uh, to mm -hmm. try and see which one is kind of the best and the most superior form to convey this message. Um, in your opinion, obviously, I'm you know you're a more traditional uh, artist. What do you think is the position of digital art today in conveying a message vis-a-vis -vis the uh, the traditional mode? I think it is so important to uh, not uh, talk in a way where we compare anything. Because, uh, you know, my masters, my teachers, they say comparison is the disease of the soul. So we don't compare. I don't compare. But I receive and I accept everything new that comes with, with open arms, with an open chest. Because I think that uh, we have to be progressive. We have to keep moving ahead. I may be a traditional artist and my work may speak to some people and I may may touch some people's hearts and their liking, you know, may align with my work. But there are so many youth out there who cannot relate to traditional work. Um, and it is it would be unfair if we don't uh, delve into these new uh, ways of expression, it would be unfair because that is not what the prophet taught us. You know, he taught us to be on top of our game, um, you know, to be ahead of our times, to be always up to date with the best of the best. And I, I really, really, you know, regard the Holy Prophet as the most modern man because the kind of reforms he got in the society, um, you know, he's the top in the 100 most influential people in that book that came out early early on in the century. Um, and, and when I went into understanding what the prophet was saying and what made him the top man to take that position of the 100 most influential people, one of those things was that he, he introduced the right to divorce for a woman. Now, these are the things that we don't talk about and we don't understand the level of, you know, a modern mind that the prophet had. So, you know, when an artist uh, has to have these new uh, ways of expression, the artist, a Muslim artist, has to always be, you know, on top of their game. And tradition doesn't mean that we close the doors to something new that comes up. I think that NFT, 3D, digital animation, all of them are just a new way of expression. 
and there will be so many people who uh, resonate with it mm-hmm. and uh, they should go and they should work in everything you should try everything and then as an artist this is what i believe um you know for me working with clay is a reminder of the story of adam you know the earth and clay itself has a very physically calming effect when we work with it so i uh, connect a lot of my work uh, to a meditative art you know um for me it's all like a meditation and a way to bring my outer and inner into alignment my mind body and soul so there is this intention there um but i know that my own sister she's an amazing graphic designer and and for her that speaks more you know for her the 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 digital world speaks more so um even even technology the 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 digital art is just another expression and we cannot ignore that it will speak to a huge population of people so uh, so it needs to be explored and and considered just as important um without any comparison of what is better and what is not because you know um if you like mangoes and i like apples you know i won't be able to say which one is better because <laughs> that's just uh, uh, what your heart will speak to right so we go with the heart i think mangoes is certainly more delicious <laughs> um uh, but yeah i i i see your point and 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 totally um i think we 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 we're blessed that we have many creatives in our community mashallah um who are in so many different areas of art and artistry right um you have nowadays individuals who uh, depict uh, the scene of karbala in vr in virtual reality um and, and i think that is incredible for our community to have access to such platforms uh, and and such uh, an array of of artistry um to help us understand the true message of karbala um we're running out of time and i'm very curious to know um about the impact your art has had on non muslims have you shared your pieces uh with non muslims or or non shia muslims and, and what's their feedback been like um, have, have their perception about islam changed i mean when you create a piece what is your objective is your objective to just share your message and how you're feeling or is there a particular goal in mind that you set for yourself that you know what i want this to maybe change the perception about a certain situation absolutely so yes recently one of my paintings was bought by somebody who's not a muslim um and uh, i think that i always try to bring in this aspect of the unity of god um that all religions you know in the end worship one god and whatever name we give him he is one and uh, you know these ideals of justice and uh, you know morality and love and generosity these are universal principles that we see in the story of karbala so um, you know when i when i create my art it is always with that sensitivity that it has to speak to a human heart you know it is not for a particular religion it in fact it if anything it should bring us together it should it should say that look you you and i we have something in common so um you know to talk about i'm i i made a painting once uh, it was a painting of a galaxy and it was dedicated to imam jafar sadik and his name was written in, on it but it was the font of star wars you know and i just wanted to share that you know just because he's imam jafar sadik doesn't mean that his knowledge is is just for us you know his knowledge is knowledge you know uh it's for everyone and just like the prophet said uh that you know uh knowledge is the lost inheritance of the believer 
So it's, it goes both ways that, you know, we want to work in a way that there's more unity. And I find these little things so important where we say that, you know, we are believers in unity, oneness of God. When the world unites under, under this aspect where we want to be in a state of unity, uh, it's like unity and diversity, you know, accepting everyone the way they are. And I think that Alhamdulillah, with the way my work has been going, a lot of non-Muslims have been appreciative that the art has depicted those values that even their hearts can, can connect with. Because we all have a soul and soul has a particular anatomy. It doesn't matter what religion we belong to. Amazing. So what, what next for Fatima Aga? Can you share some exciting projects you're working on? Yes, I have a solo show coming up uh, in Karachi. So I'm working on that. I have now uh, started working with a new medium. It's Resonant. It's an upcoming thing. Um, so I'm trying to work with it in a innovative way um, so that I can use the same medium but create something different. I'm also a ceramicist. So a lot of my work is with ceramics. I use uh, 24 karat gold in my work. Um, and, and that also has a meaning, you know, like I said, intention is so important. In our traditional training, we were we were taught that gold represents God, uh, you know, because if you see even the frescoes of Jesus in, in the churches, um, there's a golden halo around his face. It's, it's to depict his connection to God. In the Holy Quran, uh, in the old uh, manuscripts, you'll see that, you know, certain areas are, are painted with 24 karat gold because Gold is considered the highest, uh, the most shiny, and the, the purest metal. It is also used as, as a healing uh, uh, metal. And uh, it's it connected to the idea of the purification of soul. Uh, it's connected to the idea of alchemy. We know that Bibi Fiza had the, uh, the art of alchemy. She could convert anything into gold. And the mystics say that, you know, the true alchemy is when the lower self becomes uh, nafsul kamila, nafsul marzia, nafsul razia. So we see that in Imam Hussain's journey where, you know, we hear from the pulpit that uh, God called out to him and said, Ya ayyahatuhal nafsul mutmainna irjai ila rabbika raziyatam marzia. So, um, you know, for me uh, then to work with gold uh, becomes that intention of, expressing the highest form of the soul you know um so this is uh what my plans are inshallah in future and i hope that it is beneficial for the people who interact with my work amazing no thank you so much uh, fatima uh, for sharing your beautiful story with us you know we wish you very well uh, in in your future endeavors and i'm very grateful to have this chance to speak to you and learn about artistry and, and expression and, and your thought process. I certainly will appreciate art uh, a lot more when I do see them. Um, I, I One art that really strikes me the most, I, I'd gone to Sayyid Mustafa Khazwini's house in, um, uh, in, in Los Angeles uh, and in his living room, he has a huge shrine, uh, well, an artist uh, expression of the shrine of Imam Hussein. Uh, and then in another room, he has uh, the uh, the streets of, 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 of Najaf as well. And, and I asked him, Sayyidina, what, what do you like most about these pieces? And he said to me, they remind me of, of my younger days when I was in, in Iraq. Um, and and, and the, the shrine connects him with Imam Hussein every single day, and whereby he gives his salams and, and, and he performs his ziyara as well. So it's so it's so nice that art is able, is, has 
well, not has enabled, does enable us uh, to connect with the Imam um, at any given time. Um, and, uh, and and certainly may Allah uh, bless and reward people like yourself who are in this field um, and, and more power to you, inshallah. Uh, and we look forward um, to seeing more of your work, inshallah, in the near future as well. Um, so with that, I bid you farewell and thank you again for joining us on Hussein Global. Uh, and uh, to our dear viewers, thank you very much for jo joining us on this session. Uh, and we look forward uh, for you to stay tuned for the next session. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you.